When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. Well, it only seems like 10 minutes ago that we were recording the end of season Why Always Us, but we're back again in midsummer with a new episode as there's been a bit of big news coming out of Manchester City. This is your City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee is with me. Hi, Sam. Hello. And uh, we have a big transfer to talk about, don't we, Sam? <laughs> yeah, the... the as I put it last week, the, it's the only announcement that, that City fans should care about. Yeah, because Paul Bias has joined the Athletic as well. Here he is. Hi, Paul. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm, I'm not sure it's it's a safe thing to put that kind of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where you get a new sign in it and all the eyes are on them straight away. So don't, I hope, you, hope you've relaxed and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to score like 35 goals a season, but I'm quite relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, you can read everything on City and more in The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod and sign up. You get these podcasts without the ads as well, so just sign up at theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, Paul, I'm going to give you uh, the, the first shot of uh, the answer sure. for this uh, for this podcast because it's done, it's announced, it's over the line. City have got a striker for next season. Yeah, finally. I mean, it's been like a long way because City has been looking for a striker like for at least three transfer windows. But I think that in the club, they were aware that not all the strikers make the cut to to play for Man City at, at the minute right now. And as soon as Kane wasn't an option last summer, um, I think that Haaland was the main guy, was the main target. Um, they had it quite clear on all their minds. And that's why they've been working on during all the last season. And I think that City did business quite well and quite swiftly. So, uh, yeah, um, good shout for them. Yeah. Sam, I'm not normally a fan of those uh, quirky announcements, but I enjoyed the, <laughs> I enjoyed the, uh, the one this week, the uh, recreation of the old photo. Yeah, I knew they were going to do that. Um, I, was, I was looking forward to it. I, you know, when I asked somebody, I was like, you got to do this shortly. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, yeah, I think, I think they are kind of thing. And, yeah, it was, it was good when they did it. Um, <laughs> The funny, this is a really niche thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. But on those videos, like the interviews, the the thing that I always enjoy most is the fact that it's Rob Pollard asking the question. (laughs) I I just, I love it. Like I really, I really do love it. Um, It's just like because obviously we we know Rob. You know, Rob used to be a journalist on the outside. Now he's obviously a journalist working for City. Um, Just a great guy, and it's just it's just great to hear his. It yeah, it's just great to hear his voice doing all these all these interviews when it's like Pep or new signings, and especially when it's Haaland, like, because Haaland is obviously the first big superstar signing yeah. for City and arguably the biggest one in the Premier League. I still think that. So, yeah, yeah that's good. And, yeah, I enjoyed all the the videos. Is, is there an Inside City out today? Cause there is. I haven't seen is it yet either, which is, which is not a good precedent, really, for sitting down to record a podcast, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. but, I, I have seen it, if, if you need, like, any important information in here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... We could start as we mean to go on with this working relationship, Paul. And if you if you can tell me what happens, and then we can put both our names to it, then oh yeah, yeah, no, it'll, so it'll work very well. There are like quite 
interesting bit. Actually, when you see him hanging out with Ruben Diaz, with Aymeric Laporte in Ramon's Cugat office in Barcelona. Okay. Oh, he's not um, injured already, is he? Yeah, well, no, I don't <laughs> think so. But yeah, it, it would be a good start if he's not injured already. That sounds nice. I'm definitely going to watch because I enjoyed the Grealish one. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Grealish one. one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that reminds me, um, I still not got around to watching that either. So uh, really, the Grealish <laughs> yeah. one's good. I, rem- I remember watching that with a horrible hangover in okay. like, some city nowhere near, well, some town nowhere near fucking London, with a massive hangover in a McDonald's, like feeling terrible, um, having sent voice notes to people the night before, like loving ones, but embarrassingly loving ones. <laughs> just, th- just feeling sorry for myself watching the Grealish thing, and I was like, yeah, "That's good." So I'll watch the Harland one. But apparently, when Harland was like just pottering around the, the 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 training ground last week or two weeks ago, getting his shirts done and that, he was just kind of just just not really saying much to anyone. And you know, kind of, some of his answers were pretty short, weren't they? Um, yeah, and. Like it's, I mean, I when I went when I went to Norway to speak to people who know him, like I kind of got an explanation for for why that is, and they were just like, we don't really talk too much around here because 150 years ago we were all farmers and we just worked like 14 hours a day and went to bed, and he was like, that's still part of like our DNA and stuff. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fine, but yeah, apparently he was just kind of going about the place, not looking amazingly enthused or whatever. Um, so I wonder how they'll. I, mean, I guess they'll have to cut that out of the city. Like inside city stuff because it doesn't really give the right message but obviously you know he is really excited and he on his twitter and his instagram there was a picture last night and he was like i've tweeted a lot today but this is how excited yeah, i am yeah. which no, i don't yeah. imagine for one second is him but the fact that he's kind of sanctioned somebody to say it is nice you know i just yeah. have to put that spin on it because i'm so kind of dubious of people's footballers yeah. like social media output but the, yeah the fact that that was the the image he wanted to portray not just you know, I am the king. I am here, but I'm really excited to be here. I thought that was that was really, really nice. nice. Yeah, Paul, I'm I'm just thinking back to uh, last August or so. Uh, did you get a loving voice note off Sam? Because I didn't. <laughs> oh no, no, I've never, I've never got a loving voice note from Sam. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a figure a bit left out. That's all, Sam. Um, yeah, well, uh, but Paul, I'm just wondering is is he is he going to wear uh, Dad 15 like in the back of that uh, 2001 City shirt? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> if I have to make a bet, I don't think so. Uh, no, I think that the number is quite not an issue here, but I think that um, it's something that the player and his camp has had in mind um, as we as we did on 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 the Athletic last week. Um, it's a thing that the club um, has been considering in terms of like launching like a meet and greet, like a big event for Haaland in terms of like introducing him to the to the fans because having like a shirt number um, in the day that he's being introduced to the fans is like a massive thing in terms of selling, in, in terms of marketing. So I think, I mean, it's, hard to tell now because um, nothing has happened in terms of um, transfers going out. But if things go as everything is pointed, like Gabriel Jesus, there's been a lot of speculation about his future. He could leave Man City. Um, I think that the right call or just the normal thing is just to pass the number nine to the best number nine for the next de- the decade, right? Yeah. I- I'm interested, Paul, as well, because uh, I mean, me and Sam talked about this at uh, the end of last season. Um, should we be, be a bit wary of uh, of just expecting him to come in and, and batter the league left, right and centre? Should, should we kind of be prepared to give him that bedding in time? I think that he will need that. He will need that. But at the same time, I think that probably Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, they need it probably more because they move around like a certain 
areas of the pitch that are quite important in, in Pep's style. I think that Haaland, he really knows the, the role that he's going to play. He's going to play like in a certain position. Of course, he's going to have to drop a bit into the middle to start being a bit linked up with the, with, with the play and stuff. But I think that the, a specific role that Haaland is going to have to do is going to make things easier in terms of adaptation, in terms of this betting in time. Um, but yeah, of course, I mean, I would suggest like to give him some patience, some room for something. Um, but he's, I mean, on, in his career, I think that he has proved uh, everyone that um, he's ready to break those kind of records and all the expectations that people can have on him. Yeah, Sam, it's uh, it's kind of a similar situation to maybe Aguero under Pep, that sort of first season. Absolutely, yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. Similar, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, me and Paul kind of wrote an article similar to that this morning because I didn't want to do another how will he fit in because... like He'll, he'll fit in and score lots of goals. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But but also like when like when the when the deal was first announced, we had like Alan Shearer analysing him, and I was like, well, I'm not really going to be able to give much more insight than that, <laughs> unlike a technical striker level. And obviously, we've had the the John Muller why things might not work out, yeah. which everybody's reacted to very sensibly. <laughs> so I thought I don't need to, I don't need to do another kind of okay. Well, he does this and he does that. Also, not in that kind of time frame. Anyway, first day back from holiday, I'm not going to be getting the graphs out. Um, so we just did the adaptation because I know it would be easy to think, and you know, I've had conversations where people have said, "Oh, you know, maybe maybe Sterling plays alongside him up front." You know, they play two men, or maybe they go to three at the back, or maybe they use like if they sign Kukurea, maybe he attacks from the left, like wide left back, puts crosses in and stuff. But it's it's not like it's not going to be that. It's like Paul just said. You'd have to. I think the biggest adaptation initially would just be okay. Will you drop deep to lay off passes, like Kane can do, and like Julian Alvarez can do. Like Julian Alvarez can do that perfectly. It's just whether he, you know, jumps the massive gap from Argentina to the Premier League straight away. He, but he'd also style, need time as well, though, surely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in terms of like playing style, and I wrote this. I mean, I mean, we've barely had a summer break. In terms of this yeah. podcast, so I might have written the article before we even did the last podcast. But um, I do think Julian Alvarez stylistically is better suited to City already than Haaland. But in terms of suited to City and ready to hit the ground running of the two, Haaland is, you know, somebody who's moved clubs already is a better player. You know, has played at top level European football, Champions League, that kind of thing. He's obviously ready to go. But in terms of dropping off and being a kind of false nine and a number nine at the same time. Which is what Guardiola wanted Kane for. Like Alvarez, Alvarez is perfect at that, and Haaland's just gonna have to learn that a bit. And then if he doesn't, if he can't kind of bring it up to that level, those little layoff passes or whatever, the link up passes, then Guardiola will start making tweaks to the team to help Haaland adapt, which kind of that that kind of goes to show the size of the the transfer, doesn't it? Because yeah. normally it's like if you if you're not adapting in your first season, then it's like well you can be on the bench for a bit while I'll go with the players that are working. But like if Guardiola is going to be like okay, well, I'll start making a few more changes here to make sure this works, then it just kind of go to show that like how how bigger how big a transfer is. But yeah, um, to go back to the original question, which I didn't acknowledge whatsoever, the Aguero thing. <laughs> It's yeah, exactly. Aguero was even though he'd been at City already. It shows that it doesn't matter if you've already played in the Premier League or even for City for like six years. You need to know what Guardiola wants you to do. And Aguero was an absolute bagsman before, but he needed yeah. to make better runs off the ball. He needed to press better. He needed to be more involved in the game. 
because you know remember when he scored a hat trick against Bayern Munich yeah. when Bayern manager they were like well Aguero's done nothing in this game whatsoever and then he came alive and scored a hat trick but that's not enough for Guardiola you need to yeah, be yeah. you need to be active in every phase of the game and of, but like Haaland I think he's a better presser already. Um, yeah, yeah, probably the, the runs. Yeah, yeah. Not so much the the. I mean, the movements. His attacking movements and Aguero's attacking movements are amazing. It's just kind of syncing them up to what Guardiola wants, and then it's obviously it's in this case the link up play. But at the start, Guardiola wasn't sure if Aguero would or could um, do what he wanted him to do, and there was obviously that friction for like eighteen months, and then obviously in the end it went brilliantly. But as we put in the article earlier, mainly thanks to Paul on this, I have to say there was a conversation. There's obviously been several conversations between ha- Harlan and Guardiola, but the first one, when they spoke on the phone, it was, Paul, you, you, you can say, but it was basically yeah, yeah. Harlan saying, how am I going to fit in and Guardiola telling him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was basically Harlan being interested in what was the vision uh, of him and of the team and how he could fit in, in there. And Pep was really optimistic on that. And, I mean, we can agree that he did a good sell. Because uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, Holland uh, ended up coming. I think that um, another key angle in in here is that Holland and Kuhn, um, they are like at different uh, uh, stages of their careers when they have been handled by Pep. Kuhn was already like a proven goal scorer here at City. He had done what he had done uh, at Manchester City. I think that Holland is 21, almost 22 now. He's hungry to win, to run, to score goals. Um, it's a thing that Pep loves, like working with. Young, 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 young players that have this big, big desire to win trophies and just to be great, and I think that this will help in terms of um, making Haaland and Pep find the right mix, find the right spot, find find, find the right middle term to to make him fit um, into this team. Plus, I think that probably now when we look at City, we look at like a, really a specific team because City has won the last two Premier Leagues without the without the striker, without the number nine. Um, but the fact of having a number nine is not going to just influence Man City, but it's going to have an effect like on on the opponents. Uh, it's I think it's going to change how the opponents probably defend City because Haaland will uh, make centre-backs like be more stable in the middle of the defence. So I think it's going to be like, not just City will have to, to, to adapt, but other teams are going to like find like new struggles to cope with City as well. Yeah, I um, Sam, I I I don't know if you uh, if you saw what I tweeted um, yesterday, but I should have known this signing was coming because I uh, in in November 2020 I asked his dad Alfie if he'd do an interview for oh, yeah. the Blue Moon podcast, uh, and he didn't respond. That's amazing, this. Uh, and then in March yeah. uh, last year, I followed it up uh, just saying basically, "Hi Alfie, have you seen the me- seen this message? Uh, would you be up for a, for a chat?" And his reply uh, basically it, it was it's the most two footed I've ever been uh, on no, or off a football pitch. It isn't. Um, uh, hi, David. No, not really. And then the massive grinning emoji. Greatest <laughs> no, greatest knockback I've ever had. But, but yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. I pissed myself when I saw it. Um, and I wanted to reply, but I didn't. But like, it's it's more of a reply than a lot of journalists would have got in the last yeah, six months. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, also, it's, I was, but also, you say you've been two-footed. I was speaking to Jack about this at lunch. Uh, it's the perfect reply for somebody who doesn't want to do it. Because you're either, at that level, you're either going to be um, just ignored or somebody's like, oh yeah, man, I don't know, or I can't do it, or they'll commit to it but not do it, um, and and that's basically it. You know, in terms of rejections, that's pretty much what you're going to get. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. get somebody straight up saying no, not really. But also, he didn't do it in a rude way. Like, no, the, it was, the it was yeah, yeah. It, it's the kind, yeah, of, it's yeah, yeah. kind of way that I wish I could say no to things. Like, 
Yeah, just in in all honesty, no, I don't want to do it. But like in in a kind of in just in just if sorry, that's life kind of way. And yeah. that smiley, <laughs> that emoji, like makes that plain. I, I thought it was perfect, and I don't think it's two footed at all. I mean, well, in, if, 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 in, and being honest, in the interest of of uh, honesty, we did actually have a conversation after that in the in the text that I've cropped it out for privacy reasons. But it's uh, but he's you know he's he's really nice and he was really nice about it all. But it was just yeah, I'm not I, I don't fancy doing this. So uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in the back of my head, I do wonder if I've been quite relaxed about City striker situation off the back of that exchange. Uh, knowing that uh, that maybe one of the reasons he didn't want to do it was the uh, the, the headline story that I would obviously ask about. So, yeah, so exactly. When was it again? Uh, well, the that was in uh, March twenty one. Oh right, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe not. So it <laughs> might, might be a bit early. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sam, I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to turn over to... Um, you've, you sent me a lot of audio because you went to Harlan's hometown where he grew up. Uh, pr- mm. c- correct my pronunciation. Is it, it's, it's Brina, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brina, um, yeah. So um, you wanted to find out more. What was it like there? Yeah, really good. Um, normally, so if you go to like European trips or whatever for European games, like I remember going to Hoffenheim and you end up going nearby. And like in Hoffenheim, there's just nothing. Like there's nothing there. It's kind of like what I saw of it, an industrial estate, basically. But So you end up going to Heidelberg, which is a nice little town with you know cafes and churches and stuff, and it's nice. But like, you, if, like if you'd gone to Hoffenheim, you'd just be like, well, this is shit there's nothing about. And like Brina's got like 12,000 people. And like I'm from Leamington Spa, which has got, I don't know, like 100,000 or something. I'd say that's small. But like Brina's got like 12,000 people. But you'd think it's tiny. There must be nothing to do. But it was more like there was stuff to do. Like if you were there for two nights for a Champions League game or something, you'd have places to go. But it was just like there was nobody around to do it. And I remember yeah. I was walking through the town with the guy who works for Brina Football Club. And I was thinking... There's no one around here. And then just as that at that point, somebody came around the corner pushing the prowl. And I was like, okay, that, there is somebody there. And then the guy I was with nodded at him and he went, Yeah, that's the goalkeeper for Brina. And I was like, <laughs> right, okay. I was like, so that that's kind of how small this place is. But yeah, nice, nice little place. Um the the famous thing that everybody says about basically every place they've ever been to, people are really nice and friendly. Um and the 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 overriding thing that I came away from it is everybody seems to have a link to Harland. Yeah, like I, was, I was going to say that. Everyone knew him or his family, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. So I swear I've said this already. Um, sorry if I have, or maybe it was on another podcast. Um, but yeah, so like I went went for pizza on the first day and like there was this woman in there who must have been like 60 odd or something. And I was like, well, she's not going to be. In. And I was having kind of a loud conversation with the guy who was making pizza in the back and he was shouting out about Harland or whatever. So I was kind of just having to like talk loudly to make myself heard. And I was like, she can't be interested. And on the way out, she was, oh yeah, like I, I know both sets of grandparents or whatever. I was just like, 
and like everybody when when I went into a bar with the guy from the club and there was only one guy in there who he knew they were talking and I was like everyone's got a link to Harland in this place and the guy at the bar was like shook his head like no not really and I put this in the article and then I was like what not you and he was like well he goes he, he was in a different year and a different subject but like I do teach it in school and I'm like fuck like everyone <laughs> everyone knows this kid or and I, I spoke to like a group of like 14 15 year olds who were at, at the stadium the day after because they'd been there for like a training session and like one of the kids was it his his dad was harlan's teacher half of them were taught or are taught currently by harlan's mom at the moment um one of the kids it's like the lad he plays with on his team his older sister is harlan's girlfriend like all this kind of thing and this was just like a group of like 10 lads that i managed to like start speaking to it yeah it's mad so it's yeah it's a nice little place plenty of stuff to do really quiet and everyone seems to know it yeah um i'm gonna play this uh this is um a little clip of uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get pronunciations wrong in this podcast but promise me i'm i promise you i'm trying uh todd uh johnson salter who is uh one of, who was one of harlan's teammates at uh at Brina. this uh was you did this interview over the phone sam so yeah, this uh, is you'll, the phone one. yeah you'll have this to was the day after the atletico madrid game when i was just like oh my god is this yeah. worth never going to win? So uh, you'll have to you have to kind of really listen hard to this, but it is worth listening to. So uh, here's what he said. We always play something we call the World Cup. Two versus two, that's one goal, and three teams, or four teams, it depends on how many is joining. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did literally every day. So I guess now now's a good time to bring in Erling. Like, did you, did you play, I guess you played um, World Cup with him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Loads. Yeah, he, he was. He was good. He was always good when he was young. Uh, he was uh, quite small though. So, yeah. but he was obviously one of the best. Uh, maybe not the best, but uh, okay. But uh, you could see that he he could be really good if he grew up um, and turned out to be the monster he is now. But uh, no one could imagine that to happen though. But um, yeah, yeah. He had this, I think that was, like, they gave him an advantage that when he was young, he wasn't, he was fast, but he wasn't so fast, but he was quite small. So when he, when he grew up, like, he had to, to learn to, to adapt to be less physical than the others. Yeah. And now that he grew up and became a monster, he, he has, yeah, he can do both, like, <laughs> now he, like, he was so good at getting through on goal every time. Even though he wasn't faster than defenders, he got through on goal every time. Mm. And now you can see that he's faster than everyone. He gets through on goal <laughs> at least every time because now he knows how to do it without the pace. But now he has the pace as well. So, Paul, when you when you consider how he's changed and the fact that he's just kind of turned into this monster, um, you can't think. In fact, first things first, I want to ask you is: uh, me and Sam both identify World Cup as Wembley. Um, what what yeah, what did you call it growing up? World Cup. I think it was like a Mundialito, which is in Spanish. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like a little World Cup, actually. Yeah. I'm just, sorry, yeah. I'm just interested in those little language sorts of things. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Fair enough. Um, it, yeah, but what was it, Paul? Was that when you were playing like two asides with one goal? Is that is that what you, is that the game you had? Because that, yeah, that's well, what it is in the UK, like Wembley. Well, like, well that's what I oh, call it, like Wembley. No, doubles. no. So, so in Spain, it's like everyone against everyone, just the scoring the same goal. Yeah, yeah Wembley that's, <laughs> that's Wembley yeah. singles. Yeah, uh, cool, cool, cool. Then, and then the last I used one to love that, that man, it was so good. Yeah, and then the last one that well, basically the only guy that doesn't score just got eliminated, and then we yeah. go to the next round. 
Yeah, it's exactly the same game. I used to play oh. goal for that one, so I was I was only about to get the ball, and then people complained to me that I was passing it out to people. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I wasn't. Yeah. I was like, I was booting it in the that. air. Yeah, I was booting yeah. it in the air. Nobody, I wasn't <laughs> passing it to anyone. Imagine um, playing Wembley doubles with Haaland. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, like there's pictures in the article and stuff. He's not like he's not massive like he is now, but can you imagine like at, at that age when he was obviously like a proper goal scorer although it's interesting isn't it because Todd was like he maybe wasn't the best player so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that Mad. that was the best part for me probably he wasn't the best player I look at him now he's a uh he's probably the best striker uh in the world yeah, um yeah. yeah it's kind of difficult to imagine him being a, a small guy actually and just being not like a strong fast guy but yeah uh I guess that I mean that says a lot about how he has worked right and his work ethic how he's like determined to to work on himself and just to prove that he can improve like in every sense of the game yeah i thought i i'm gonna play this as well because i thought this was interesting um on on that side of the the development thing um sam you spoke to uh, alf ingver bernston who yeah. uh, was one of harlan's first coaches uh this bit really stood out to me as uh, as a training quality that guardiola might actually like with uh, very f- few rules mm-hmm. But one of the rules was attitude and uh, behavior on the pitch and in the wardrobe. Mm. And if we say, uh, don't be a bad guy. Uh, And if if someone broke that, it had consequences. From quite early age, we gave them a yellow card. And uh, if they didn't stop, they had the red card, they had to sit down. So that was the worst punishment for them. Because they wanted to play. Yeah. If, if, if in, in school, they would cheer, yes, I don't have to go to school. But we, when we did, did football, they loved football. So, so we were quite consequent that if you break the rules, it will have consequence. Yeah. Uh, but we never screamed to them. Uh, like with Erling, we had the rule that Erling, if, if he is on top, it's no problem if you're trying to score and make uh, try f- five times in a row and, and you lose the ball, but try. That's okay, but try to win it back. Don't leave it mm. to your other teammates sure. to, to fix up your, the problem you solved. So if he was like uh, for the second time losing the ball and he stopped doing this, we just picked him out. Okay. Because in Norway you can take players in and out, and I told him from the side, or, or not just Ellen, all of them, what was the agreement? It's okay to try, it's okay to fail, but it's never okay to give up. Sam, that speaks to me what, about what Paul was saying earlier about him, about maybe what trained him into being such a good presser already. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it would have been. Um, Alfie, Alfie was great, so I'm met him at the stadium and he lives like five minute walk from the stadium i was at his house for like three hours talking in fact i sent you like three hours worth of audio didn't i so yeah, sorry yeah. about that <laughs> um and but so he was all very good and like the whole the whole background of of how harlan came through and the youth setup is really interesting i suppose we can just link people to the article for that um yeah. i'm sure people have seen it because like even on my twitter feed like it keeps coming up as a promoted article so i'm sure people have seen it um the algorithms work in that sense um but the way he talked about how you know we we told him that you need to you need you need to go win it back. Like one of the other coaches I spoke to, who we'll hear from later on, he was he was a bit more candid in terms of basically there were periods where if Harlan lost it, it just stand and moan at his teammates and not bother 
trying and like it'd be like it'd be like angry with other people so that's why Alfie wouldn't say that because I think he was being quite protective and was just you know being cautious of how I might spin it or whatever but um but yeah that was the reality of it like he he would get angry and pissed off if he didn't get the right pass or if he lost it or whatever so yeah they had to kind of drill into him um to try and win it back and at the start of the clip he talks about him being a like you know a good guy and a good teammate and stuff i remember when when the harland news was kind of confirmed by city it was around the time that there was that patrice ever quote about you know guardiola yeah. doesn't like strong characters and all of that which i've talked about enough you know it, it's bollocks but i was asked about because it was the same week that those things were happening they were like well harland's kind of a big superstar and a strong character and pep normally doesn't sign these guys i was like yeah but like he's not a dick like he, he might be a strong character, but like he's not a bell end, and that's the problem. Like I think what people don't realise, and maybe what Ibrahimovic doesn't realise, is you, you're a bell end, mate. <laughs> I wonder like, if that was, I wonder if that was where you were going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. But it, it's like it's not it's not big egos. It's not strong characters. Like it's are you a problem in the dressing room? And it's like okay, maybe Guardiola didn't deal brilliantly with how he kind of communicated the decision to Ibrahimovic in fact according to Ibrahimovic it was terrible you know just kind of really ignored him and it's not the kind of way you'd want to be treated at work and that's bad but the reason Ibrahimovic was dropped was so Lionel Messi could flourish and become the best player in the world and he did so I don't know why people are still arguing about it and honestly it got to a stage by the end of the season that if I saw that fucking Ibrahimovic quote about starring characters (laughs) one more time I was going to scream like it's just such bollocks and you've got serious journalists going oh yes well there is this thing that Ibrahimovic said about it doesn't fucking matter and also like that book was heavily embellished anyway wasn't it like it's a fact that the ghostwriter and Ibrahimovic's book kind of I don't know if it like dramatised it or whatever but it wasn't the usual process of I'm going to sit down with you and tell you my story and you go and write it. It was kind of like, I'm going to tell you some bits and you can go and fill in the blanks kind of situation. <laughs> like it was, yeah. So I'm not, yeah, I don't know. It was a weird one. It was a weird one. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Harland. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a particular character, isn't he? Like some of the answers on that interview was short. You know, he doesn't speak a lot. We've seen interviews. He doesn't speak a lot. He is a superstar, but like says, and like some of these clips say, you know, he, He's always wanted to work hard and improve himself. And and yeah, like Paul said earlier, he's gone from being small and skinny and probably being good enough anyway to get those chances in the box and score goals. But at some point, obviously nature's kicked in because his older brother's an athlete and he's he's big and strong and fast and whatever. But also he's gone, well, I'm going to work on my body to the point where, <laughs> like, like Todd said, I've got the technical ability anyway, but then I'm going to add physique on top of it and no one's yeah. going to be able to stop me. So that's yeah. what you need to know, I think. Paul, the, the whole thing about um, I, the, the question has always been kind of how much City have to adapt and how much he has to adapt to fit in at City and Guardiola City and all this sort of stuff. I'm just wondering when you when we kind of hear how he has developed anyway, um, it kind of like I'm hearing nothing but these two are actually a perfect match. Come what may, They're, like you, you, you look at the work rate that he's that he's developed over the years, like um, like you said before, and and uh, has uh, as Bernstein said there. Um, He's he is pressing. He is going to get the ball back. He is working hard for the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I've, I mean, I think he is kind of a perfect match, um, and and I think that from all the options that City could consider, like on top of um, on the, on the front line, considering considering that there are not many elite strikers in the market, apart from Kane, that of course um, they saw him last. This kind of false nine that Pep lighted. I think that there's 
no one better than 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 Holland uh, on it. Um, I think that if you have to look some downside on his game is this first touch, this capacity to link up. But I think that he will get there. He will get there because yeah. this kind of character that we could, that that we can see in him, this willing to be kind of a weird guy. If if you want to say that, like in the dressing room, that that he just gets mad if he doesn't win. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's the thing that Pep likes because Pep gets mad if he doesn't if he doesn't win too. So they are going to be on the same page. Um, and I think that he will understand and he's more 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 than aware that if he doesn't fit in how the team wants to play, they are not going to win. So Haaland is going to do whatever it takes just basically to make it work because it's what he has been doing for all his life. Yeah. Um, he's always been a goal scorer as well. This is uh, Espen Undheim, Sam, uh, yeah. who was uh, a, a, another one of his early coaches. It's um, is, yeah. was, it, was he slightly later in his career? No, um, or slightly earlier? Yeah, so no, I, he, he worked with Alfie, but he came in when... Harland would have been about 12, 13, and right. I worked with him maybe 13 to like 15, 16, that kind of period. Yeah. So uh, this is what he said about uh, Harland as a goal scorer. He was always in the correct position to score goals. So um, he didn't always have to do so much at the pitch, but he was always in the right position when the ball was uh, showing up in front of the goal. Yeah. So he was uh, he was scoring a lot of goals when he was 8, 9, 10, uh, when they played 5 against 5. Mm. We do that here in Norway when they are yes. 8, 9 years old, play 5 against 5. So, and he was always the most... When you looked at him, the most important thing was when he was had scored a goal, he looked like he had scored the, the, the winner goal in Champions League final because he was always celebrating, always celebrating and running around when uh, he was celebrating. So he loved to score goals even when he was eight, nine, ten years old. We've all played with one of them though, Sam, haven't we? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're absolute bastards as well, aren't they? They're horrible to play against. Like in my experience as well, like always the manager's son. But yeah. <laughs> but not in this case, obviously. Yeah. Um, Paul, just talking about the about the fit for City as well. I mean, it literally feels like it's a case of um, teaching Kevin De Bruyne where Erling Haaland is going to be, and then that's that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where to put the ball, basically. Yeah, probably when we when we look like at highlights videos from Holland you just see those goals that he's running all over the pitch he's running faster than faster just than everyone and then he's just scoring a goal but i think it was one of the goals that he scored this week against sweden yeah he was just header. a poacher yeah yeah it, it, it was just being like a header just breathing where the cross was going to end up yeah. that's what's He's, that's what he's going to find at, at City. Just trying to be like one second as smarter than the defender, trying to anticipate the crosses. And I think that he can do that uh, 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 as well. So probably if we don't see like this exuberant version of Holland, um, I think that you don't have to worry either because he can like do some other stuff like like we saw this week with Norway. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he played. Am I right in thinking that uh, he gave up handball and athletics, Sam, um, to, uh, at, at the point where he where he was basically be, becoming bigger in football, and it was like clear football was the one. You know, um, I'm not sure. We didn't talk. We didn't talk an awful lot about the other sports he did. We mainly focused on on the football. But I mean, it, it would it would make sense, wouldn't it? Would, it? I mean, yeah. his mom was a head yeah, tackler. Yeah, yeah. 
and he you know he's like 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 rob asked him in in that interview like he had that standing long jump record when he was five years old or whatever so it was obviously just to kind of go and just do everything because at that age when you start out you never think you're going to be a pro but yeah as soon as it comes to the point where it's actually you're shit hot at football then it makes sense to to kind of focus on that i suppose as well like if he had been like i kind of assumed before i went and did this that he was like massive when he was a kid i guess if he was massive when he was a kid he might have even been like unbelievable at handball as well but i suppose when you're that kind of size it it probably wouldn't have gone the same but if it had been massive he he probably would have been absolutely formidable at handball as well i guess yeah like playing a like basically playing like peter schmeichel <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, handball is is the the olympic sport that i got into in 2018 you know there's always one olympic sport that you don't really okay. watch normally and you go and um the olympics is on you go oh I'll, I'll suddenly i can't miss the archery or whatever yeah. um it was yeah. it was handball for me and i ended up buying the uh, playstation handball uh 2019 game on the really? uh, well, well, playstation terrible. it was fucking yeah. woeful yeah i couldn't yeah, play it yeah, yeah. but Good there yeah um so I mean, talking about his background there, Paul, we uh, you, we've mentioned that his mother was a uh, heptathlete. Obviously, his father, uh, former footballer. Um, so I asked uh, Alfing uh, Burnson the uh, basically the question of whether it was genetics or, or training. Um, this is this was what his response was. If it was true that he was born with it, that means if he's grown up in Sahara, and the first time we've been in the pitch, he was scoring a lot of goals. I don't think. Uh, I don't think evolution has uh, been that smart. So, so there must be some like, but that ability to be a quick thinker and to learn. Yeah, yeah, but, that, that's yeah, obviously yeah, that yeah, must yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, he has. You have to learn quick, uh, and and so, uh, some of us are slow, slow m- muscle fibers. Some of have yes. uh, fast, very fast, fast, fast uh, and Erling has combined. What, so, in terms of the muscle fibers? Yeah, he has, he has um, b- both much uh, strength and, and, and explosiveness, mm. but they also have a, a, a good uh, part of, he can run uh, uh, quite a lot. Uh, endurance. Endurance, yes. So that's another m- muscle fiber. Do you have yes. so, some muscle fiber who provide the endurance yeah. and, and some other explosiveness? Yeah. So he has very good combination of, of these so Usain Bolt couldn't do football, in, no, because he is too explosive. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think has, uh, uh, but of course he has a special gift to learn from earlier uh, experience and where the anticipation for where to be uh, uh, come from. That's important. He has a, he has special gift to to, to learn uh, because much of the thing you do, he don't think. He's uh, like uh, instincts, instincts, yes. So, so he, but the the uh, the instincts is based on earlier repetitions. Mm. So, Paul, um, per, in terms of of City, he makes the right runs. He scores a lot of goals. He's physically, you know, better than um, pretty much anybody else. Uh, and now we turn out he's like a sponge for for learning, which is again almost perfect for Guardiola. Yeah, yeah, which is something that, I mean, he has to be like that to, to have the numbers that he's had in, in his career. I mean, he has to be, it has to be a bit, as you said, like a bit of both, a bit of genetics and a bit of hard work uh, uh, as well. Um, another thing that I think that is going to add to this Man City team, I mean, we've seen Man City in the last two seasons, especially Pep saying like impressors and 
on the previews of the games, um, that City were not a team just to counterattack because they, they didn't have Leroy Sané anymore. They didn't have like these really fast, quick players on the wings that can handle like a quick transition. Um, I think that Haaland does now. I, I think that yeah. Haaland gives the team like a focus up front just to, if they have the chance, just to run. Run, um, just uh, kick the ball, just look for him on the spaces and, and he's just going to beat his rival if he's if he got the space. So he's going to give like another register like when City had this front line with Leroy Sané, Kuhn and Raheem Sterling at the peak of, of his powers. Um, I think that, yeah, um, it's going to bring another, yeah, just another that dimension to the attack and it's going to, it's something that probably City needed somehow. So yeah, I think it's going to be good. I'd not even thought of that, you know, Sam. The the idea mm. that uh, City could get to the halfway line and have a two on three and decide uh, uh, three on two, sorry, and decide actually no, we're we're not going to boot it round and keep possession of it. We are actually going to break this time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's not something that City get a lot of opportunities to do, but it is obviously something yeah. that comes up. We've talked about in the past how they kind of sometimes they choose. They seem like they choose not to do it, especially like if it's let's say they're one 0 up in the Champions League quarter final against. G or something. They're not going to want to risk the counter-attack going the other way, but it'll be interesting to see how that does affect it. But also, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to him playing. I'm, and the thing, I'm, one of the specific things I'm looking forward to him doing, as much as like, just scoring a clever goal inside the box, like that header against Sweden that Paul mentioned, yeah. is him or somebody getting the ball on the halfway line, whether it's um, De Bruyne or Foden or whoever, or even Haaland, and Haaland's there, basically, and everyone in the stadium stands up because you know there's a break on and, oh my God, they're going to give it to the, the big fast lad who's really good at scoring goals. It's just going to be, re- <laughs> it's just going to be really exciting. And I, I do, you know what, do, you well, do you know what I thought of then? Yeah. Do you, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this goal, but it, I, there was a goal that Yaya Toure scored against West Ham in the League Cup uh, semi-final where he picked it up on halfway and he had him and Roger Johnson uh, were just running towards the uh, the West Ham goal. And it was just like it was like watching a train running at a child. It was just like, <laughs> there, there was just, there was no competition at all. And I've just had that image of Haaland like, against pretty much any centre-back in the, uh, in the league. Uh, I don't, I don't remember that one, but yeah, it's basically yeah, it is just going to be that feeling of yeah, it, yeah, it could just be like unbelievable, like almost like this isn't fair kind of thing. But yeah. what I was going to say as well is, I don't know, I I don't want to project how I feel onto like a stadium full of people, but I do get the feeling that if City have a one on one, you know, when you've got enough time to gather your thoughts and think, oh god, I hope he scores this, but like naming names, if it's Sterling or Jesus, you're probably not that confident. I know I'm not. But all of a sudden now, if Haaland goes through on goal, I'm not saying he's going to score every time because even this guy misses chances. But it'll just be nice to think, oh, this, this, you know, this. Come on, like you just you don't dread it as it's happening. And I suppose it might be similar with penalties as well because if he starts taking the penalties, then. You, you also don't get that feeling of oh god, who's going to miss this? One? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul, I uh, just on the on the one on one thing. Um, I think it's a, I, I think it's possibly a difference of because um, even even when because when Aguero went through, for instance, the number of times Aguero would go through one on one with the goalkeeper, you'd go right. This is an opportunity. And as Sam says, with with like with players like Sterling and Jay Z, you're thinking your you, your actual thought process is please don't miss this. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a very subtle difference, and I can I can see it with Haaland as well. Yeah, I mean. If we have to be fair, I think that the one-on-one situation has been what have kept City away to be in the final of the Champions League. 
and just yeah. a one-on-one situation in the semi-final of, of the Champions League. Where I can remember Grealish, I can remember Mares on the first leg. Um, so you expect that if these kinds of situations end up in Holland feet, uh, I mean, there's going to be a, a no miss in there. Plus, there's what Sam was saying a bit, but the fear factor. I mean, the fear factor is like key in terms of how the opponents face him or just how they approach him in terms of marking him. Um, I I could see, I can't remember like the tie that Man City played against Borussia Dortmund on the first leg, this run of Haaland that he just pulled apart Ruben Diaz at the peak of his powers. That was massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually ragdolled him, didn't he? Yeah, and I can remember that it was like an empty uh, stadium, but all the people in there was like, Jesus, what he has done. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a kind of thing that I expect in like in the Premier League as well. And with a full stadium, I get that or I understand that we're gonna get this roar or or this a, a, yeah. expectation like in in the full version. Yeah, there's the a different en- the energy. energy. Yeah, there's a different yeah. energy when certain players score. Like if yeah, it's a local yeah, player, yeah. and obviously like if Foden scores, there's and like in fact I've picked up, picked up on this and I tweeted it. But when Fernandinho was playing towards the end of the season and he was getting about and still tackling people, I think there was maybe a part of trepidation because the fans were maybe initially thinking. Oh God! I hope he can still get there. And then he does, and you just think, "Oh, I love that guy." Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's definitely that. There is definitely that like, energy, isn't there? Where you've kind of got everyone likes every kind of city player, basically. But everyone's got their favourites. But I think yeah. Haaland's immediately going to be if, like, if he starts scoring, if he's got like three goals after like two Premier League games, and then he starts getting more and more, it's going to be like this. This guy is just unbelievable. You, you know, it, it, you'll be celebrating. But if if it's like the first, second, third goal against like Southampton at home at 3pm on a Saturday or whatever, and you're just looking at, you'd just be looking at each other going, fuck me, this car's unbelievable. That's yeah. how I kind of imagine a lot of the season going. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, about his uh, attitude as well, because um, what I took from your interviews as well, Sam, is that he is a winner. This is what Alf Ingver Bernson said about uh, about his attitude, basically, about him being a winner. When you are, are, are dealing with winners, you have to, as a coach, accept that they hate to lose. Mm. Winnerheads don't like second place. Hellway was a, a oh, quite yeah. big, he was a quite big tournament in in Denmark. Uh, Erling is there. He's not very happy. But the, the achievements were, were quite good. But they really hate to lose. Just one is smiling. Yeah. And he, he, he came from another team. He wasn't used to, to get as far as this in the tournaments. So So I like that. Yeah, but they had to behave after the matches. You have to uh, the, uh, respect the opponents; they are better than us, and and try even harder in the next coming years for not to lose next time. Yeah. So, so uh, it's it's important to to get now. Uh, for me, this is very good, but I won't let them uh, just walk in the wardrobe or, or or destroy the wardrobe. They have to behave. Respect the opponent, yeah. but train even harder not to get this feeling. Again, uh, yeah. yes, and that's maybe uh, uh, for for the winners' uh, mentality. They has really he, has he always been like that. Yeah, yeah, always. from from six, seven years old. And then uh, an example of the same from uh, Espen Untheim. To win was everything. Also, to to have uh, to score goals, the most important. Maybe some of the other guys. Okay, we can. Uh, we, we are here to. To have fun, mm. we are here to 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 just uh, try to have some good hours with, uh, together. But uh, he had all, 
with his mind there was always something that he said that um, I wanna I wanna score goals I wanna I wanna celebrate mm. after scoring goals <laughs> so, so so there was something uh, but and also when he didn't succeed when he didn't score the obvious goals he was very angry mm. uh, if he could, didn't got the right pass from uh, a mate he was angry because that you have to look up I'm in the right position for scoring goals yeah. but you didn't pass me so so he was um, uh, if he didn't succeed he was uh, could be a bit uh, bit uh, angry mm. and uh, not always for the other guys but also if he didn't manage to score easy goals he was angry by himself uh, because he wasn't good enough in that position so he had a, a mentality who was uh, uh, who was uh, much stronger and much more aggressive than anyone else Sam there's a couple of wonderful pictures in your piece uh, from uh, Brino where um Basically, you can see it like yeah, in, that one in Denmark. In, yeah, you can see it's in, in his face that he's fuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper face like thunder business. Like that because when you play the clip back there, and, and I was like, "What am I going?" Oh yeah, and laughing at. But yeah, he showed me the picture on his laptop at the time. Um, and yeah, it is in the article. It may have tweeted out as well at the time. Uh, if anyone wants to see it and can't for whatever reason, just send me a DM on Twitter, and I'll I'll, I'll send it over. But um, yeah, he's just in the the back row in the middle just looks so pissed off at, at coming <laughs> second. There's another one as well. Is this where he's the set- golden boot winner? Yeah, there's man, the man of the match boot- winner, yeah. Man of the match winner in the final. He scored both goals in the final, two all, because they didn't want penalty shootouts at a young age. They just tossed a coin and this team lost. <laughs> um, it seems somehow worse that he didn't, Yeah, exactly. He didn't seem he didn't seem that pissed off, but I, I met when I when I was messaging Alfie about it because by this point he was just sending me over text messages. I was like, I bet he was pissed off then, and he was like, he goes, yeah, it, it would be fair to he goes, it would be right to say that because obviously, like I say, he wasn't Alfie wasn't the one who used to tell me that he was really pissed off. But from speaking to others, I knew that he would be. So I was like, he must be really pissed off here, and he and he was like, yeah, 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 that would be fair to say. I like you can only imagine, like, imagine losing the game on a to- on a coin toss after scoring twice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if I if I have to be honest, I mean I think that I've never met a footballer who takes defeat in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like like not even like I don't know playing cards. I mean they just get hungry. They just don't like. It. They just don't enjoy it. Yeah. So I I just think that it's kind of a natural process. Of course he's now almost twenty two. He's going to be like more of a rival now than when he's going to be like thirty or something like that. But I just can see it as a good thing. Just being this kind of freak and moody when he doesn't win it's a thing that Pep is going to love actually so I think it's going to be good for this group yeah I was going to say Paul it's like he's it's almost like he's channeled it in the right way isn't it yeah 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 plus I think that probably being at Dortmund which is a great club but probably they haven't won the Bundesliga like every season they've been knocked out of the Champions League in the in the recent years it's been good in terms of like learning how teams can lose, so how learning how to take it, and now probably he's doing like this step at the right time when he has seen both sides of 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 football probably just to go to the to the to the winner side. 
Yeah. Um, finally, Sam, I'm looking forward to uh, eventually when uh, Harlan stops in the mix zone and you're the one with the mic because uh, just the, the way the, the way that that. Uh, that that you caveat questions with Guardiola sometimes just to make sure that they are taken exactly in the spirit that you intend them. Um, I might give it 18 months to try and work <laughs> out how to ask the questions. Yeah. That's what I've done with basically everybody else. Just because uh, Alpha here is uh, talking about, you were talking before about what he was like in interviews and, and about how they were saying about um, uh, about the history of farming in the region. That's what everybody's like in the region. Um, this this was Alfie talking about uh, basically Harlan's, uh, Harlan, what, what's perceived as Harlan's attitude in interviews. When I link uh, short in his answer, he's not rude. Hmm. If you, if you uh, ask him, uh, uh, try a, a minute, uh, blah, 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 you had a good game, blah, 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 are you satisfied with the match? Then he was said, yes. Why should he tell more? Mm. So, but that, that, that doesn't mean that he's, he can reflect, he can be, be deep. But if you ask him a question, he he can answer and want to really engage with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he will do that. So that's uh, in a way a part of who we are. There we are. I can see you. I can see you finding those questions. You know. Well, I mean, to be fair, we've had loads of practice with De Bruyne because if you ask De Bruyne a stupid question, he'll kind of he won't be rude about it, but he'll just be very honest. Like I remember, I remember before City played. Tottenham at their new stadium did City play at Wembley the weekend before yeah they played Brighton in the FA Cup semi and he did the mix zone and somebody was like how do you think like the news the top new Tottenham stadium will affect the game or whatever and he was just like I don't really care it's just a stadium like the is still the same and it, it, it's that kind of thing it, yeah like I think De Bruyne was a good a good kind of warm-up for, for dealing with Haaland because and the thing is with De Bruyne as well it's like he can c- give quite short not very insightful answers, but if you really tap into him and get on the yeah. same level and ask sensible questions, he's he's a, he's a brilliant talker. I wonder if Haaland is the same. I, I don't get the feeling he is, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a thing of you might have to work hard. And again, going back to talking about Rob Pollard earlier on, it's a good job you had a long list of questions yeah. <laughs> because yeah. some of, some of them were kind of like, oh yeah, look, just the bare the bare minimum of detail, wasn't there? Like when you asked him about his rapping, which by the way is horrific, but. <laughs> I, I I meant to see if we could uh, if we could play some of that out, and then I completely forgot. <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's going to be plenty of time for Harlan Pods this summer. Exactly. Um, I mean, thank God, thank God he was announced on Monday because I don't know what we'd be talking about at the minute. <laughs> yeah, Paul, I, I discovered that uh, the people from that region can be quite short in their answers when I uh, texted Alfie to see if he fancied doing the Blue Moon podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. I mean, probably was the best re- reply that I've seen this month. Um, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, it's good to to know, like, some new cultures, actually. And as and as I was saying, I think that Kevin De Bruyne gave us, like, a good insight of how this can be. But probably Holland, as, as De Bruyne did, probably he's going to learn how to speak and how to handle this kind of situation and how to become like a good talker as Kevin is right now. Do, do you think the focus is going to get a little bit more on him now that he's in the Premier League, Paul? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, because I think that when you are in the Premier League, you get like into a new dimension for sure. Well, I think that he's used to it and he's kind of, he knows how, how to handle it because like in the last two or three years, he's been labeled as, a, as the sensation of the new world and, and he's kind of been okay with it. So I think that he's going to sort it out. Plus, I think that with City, 
for the first time in his career, he's in a team full of big stars, which is not just going to be him. Just the focus is going to be as well on Kevin De Bruyne, on Phil Foden, on, I don't know, Fred Mares. So it's going to help him out as well, uh, I think. But yeah, he's going to be, of course, on, on like a new stage, but it's just what he wanted, just to go to the next level in, in all the senses. And I think that City can provide that right now. Yeah. And Sam, uh, just to finish off, you uh, I remember doing a podcast with you, um, must have been at some point last season, where you you basically said, uh, get everything sorted and then go out and get Super Robot Boy. And uh, they've gone and done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is exciting, isn't it? It's one of those things where it just seems like the perfect match. You know, one of the best teams and the se- in the, the world. Season's a, it's an age away. Yeah, what do you yeah. Mean? yeah. Well, it, like normally at this point in the summer, we're going. God, I'm I'm really glad of the rest. But now, I just I'm desperate for the for the season to start and to see him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess unless unless there's some kind of injury problem, I guess his debut will be in Houston against Club America. Um, yeah. And again, unless I have some kind of injury problem, I'm going to go to that one. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm just genuinely excited. I remember after the Wolves game, you know, the other week when De Bruyne scored four, and like Guardiola was taking questions on Haaland and talking about it. I was like, it just feels weird. Like, yeah. because for my point of view personally, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Mooney, you'll have a, like a fan's point of view. Paul, you'll have a, a journalist's point of view. And maybe like with, with Messi, like a fan's point of view as well. But like, I was just really keen to see like a big signing like Messi and, and even like Kane, to be fair. I really wanted to see it because I wanted to see how this amazing team would work with this like extra world-class element to it. Yeah. Um, they always th- those big signings always kind of fell down, and I just thought I was from like from my own point of view, I was never going to write a story in a way that led anybody to believe that there was a massive chance of it happening, unless you know it was the day before. And I was also never going to allow myself to get carried away into thinking um, I can't wait to see Messi's debut for City or whatever, because City's track record with negotiating these big transfers hasn't actually been been great obviously the players they have signed to work very well so with Haaland I was just kind of like yeah I wouldn't get my hopes up but this is the situation and obviously now it's done like it just it just felt really surreal that Guardiola was talking about it and it still kind of feels a bit surreal now and I am just not just genuinely looking forward to to seeing him play and you know, you know. I said earlier on, you might just be looking at your mates in the stands, going, "God, how good is this guy?" Like, we'll probably be doing it in the press box as well. Yeah. Just, just look into the guy, just looking around you, like, "Bloody, this is unbelievable." And I, like, I really, I really hope that's the case. Like, I hope, I hope it does work out. Yeah, well, like, and, I'm sure it will, but I really hope it does. And fifty-seven minutes into a, an hour-long podcast, Paul is probably not the time to to drop this bombshell of a, of a question <laughs> on you to finish. But um, <laughs> go for it. Uh, the, uh, the, the obvious question: uh, Guardiola's entering his final year. Does this change it? Oh well. Oh wow, Jesus! <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think that it can play a big part in terms of um, keeping like the squad like in the right mode, in the right state of mind. But I, I, I wouldn't say that it's like the definitive, like the definite thing, the definite move. I think that a lot of things still have to happen. I think that even Pep doesn't know right now um, what's going to be his choice because he doesn't think too much further. Um, but doing this kind of signings, of course, is like the right track. And City knows it, Chiki knows it, Ferran know it, and that's why they did business quite swiftly, actually. And let's see what else is coming this summer because I feel that what happen, what, what, what is going to happen this summer is going to be key to to understand Pep's future for sure. 
Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll follow it keenly. Um, that's the end yeah. of this week's Why Always Us. Uh, thanks to Sam Lee. Yeah, cheers. I mean, I was going to apologise to those lads who prank called me at the weekend. I don't know if we've still got time oh, for Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Okay. Tell us the story quickly. Um, so it was Saturday. We'd just flown back from Mallorca, like Manchester Airport, genuine shambles. We'd had like three, three or four hours at the aquarium in Mallorca, flown back, young child, loads of bags. It wasn't like the biggest stressful day, but just long day. I was feeling a bit like run down from like aircon and shit and whatever, being on the plane and whatever, just knackered. Got home, I was like lying on the bed with my son, like with the England game on. And I was like, no caller ID, who's this? I was like, hello? And he went, hi, is this Sam Lee? I was like, yeah, who's this? He went, uh, it's Jack. I was like, right. So can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah, but there's no guarantee I'll give you an answer. He was going to ask the question. He started talking. And then all of a sudden, like the voice changed. It was like, he just puts the phone over to somebody else. And then somebody else started talking. And he was like, uh, yeah, hi, uh, this is Jack's colleague. And I was like, from where? And he was like, uh, the, the Times. Uh, I just wanted to know, uh, have you got any update on uh, when Harlan's going to be announced? And I was like, Jesus. right. So all the way, I was just like, like this it's like a really amateur attempt at like a prank <laughs> call or whatever like it like terribly carried out like I, I don't even believe your name's jack like you clearly don't work for the time when he said the times i was like is, is somebody from the times really going to be calling me like what would it be about and then he was like C- an update i was like this is bollocks and when he said have on when harlan's going to be announced i just went i just went <laughs> no lad sorry and just put the phone down um because I was, it was just like I just can't be asked. I was just severely knackered. It was I can't. We're going to put our son to bed. We might go and get some food, and then that's it. Couldn't even be asked to get the food in the end. It was just like I'm knackered. But if he'd have done it any other time, like if he'd have rang today, if he'd have rang the day after, the day before, I'd have just laughed and gone fucking hell. Like I might have even said like, I, I, it might be next week. I think they might be hanging around for this or that or whatever. But the funny thing is, I've not even been able to speak about this yet, but. It was so mad that everyone was like, announce Harlan, announce Harlan, and getting like yeah. kind, of, kind of so worked up, like, oh no, like he's going to go to Real Madrid. It's like, yeah. it's not the pictures on the internet that confirm a signing. Like, what pieces of paper do you think he was fucking putting pen to when he was at the CFA like two weeks ago? Like, it's obviously <laughs> done. And it's funny that, you know, when he did the tweet over the weekend of him as a kid in the in the city shirt, like, lo- well, like basically every one of my mates is a city fan. I like, posted them on their Instagram, and like, I get that. I get the excitement element, but what it was just weird. I just really didn't get the jitteriness online of people like when they're going to announce him, when they're going to announce him. So I would have gone into that with the lads who rang. I'd have been like, look, don't worry about it. Like whenever it is, like it's all going to be fine. It's just you know internationals and and this that and the other blah blah blah. Basically, what Paul wrote last week. Um, but yeah, on that Saturday, I was just like, no, nah, fuck off. And but like it was a. It was like the worst attempt at a prank call ever. So I mean, if any, if they get the courage to call back, just like just just I mean, just be upfront next time. Just go, yeah. it's the lads who called you. Can we have a chat? <laughs> or just like just well, you try, gotta, it, you better. Gotta, you just try it better. Try and fool. Try and fool me. Yeah. I mean, you could even say like just find out the name of an editor at the Athletic and chance your arm. Be like, oh yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah, it's Charlie. I'll be like, oh, okay, what's going on? You sound different, but go on. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh yeah we'll 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 keep an eye on the uh the updates with guardiola paul as well um so cool. yeah, uh, I, I hope i hope you've uh, i hope your first taste of uh why Wizzles wasn't particularly uh, painful no it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad good good solid debut wasn't it sam yeah oh mate excellent um yeah really good it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really good next season um and i'm already dreaming of the big the big season preview that that we do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. 
The Athletic.